that money went through to you, dude. Yeah, thanks very much. Did you get my uh, description? No, didn't you know? <laughs> Inflatable dolls. That I eat. Yes. <laughs> I'm not. Look, you know me and my notions, man. If I was getting, the, if I was getting a sex doll, I'd get one of them robot ones that that fucking just do everything. Like, <laughs> imagine that. Imagine just lying down, lying down on the couch watching Netflix and just being able to go, Google, make me a cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> Although you'd probably get a, a sex doll with attitude that'd go, eh, make your own fucking tea, you bollocks. Oh, that'd be my look. You're very welcome along to Straight Talking Mental Health, the weekly podcast where we call it as we see it. We tackle the problems associated with mental health in the only way we know how. I'm Peter Dunn, and this man here is... Alan Clark. Yeah, and that's the deal. I want to know more about mental health. This man is a psychotherapist, so he's going to take us both through everything related to our mental health. So check back previous episodes. You can listen to us talking about anxiety, suicide, loneliness, and loads, loads more. And I guarantee you, you will have learned something after this. And chances are, it'll help you, your spouse, your partner, your kids, family, friends, and you'll be on the path to better mental health. And we'll all be on the path to breaking the stigma around mental health. So this week, we're going to talk about self-esteem. What exactly is it? How it affects us? Do we need it? And how can we get more if we need it? But first, let's uh, check in on the social channels. Alan, what's been happening? Uh, well, but before that, if, if we just go back to what you said there, and this this is the deal. I was just wondering if that could be my nickname from now on. Like, <laughs> the deal. Hey, did, you, did you hear the, the deal? Were you listen to the deal on, on the podcast? Just sounds like a pretty gangster name. Like, you're some prick. Master of science isn't good enough. No, I want to be the deal. <laughs> I want to be the big deal. <laughs> Billy Big Balls. Um, so over to over to the social media. Yeah, so um, we had a comment from uh, Jeffrey on the Facebook page. And just listen to, to this now, lads. Uh, he was talking about uh, last week's uh, episode on suicide. So I said, just listen to this now, lads. Very informative question. If a friend or someone is, is struggling with depression or anxiety... Or anything, would the best advice to give them be to talk to someone? Can something else help as much or more as talking? For example, if they love sport, advise them to get out and exercise more. Or is it a case of the problems will still be there after the run? And therefore, talking is always the number one solution. Yeah. I don't think there's so, any getting away from it, is it? Yeah, probably, yeah. So the, the, what, I, what I had replied was that, you know, exercise will always help. Again, you know, getting exercise, looking after your diet, uh, getting enough sleep, that's, that's always going to help. Uh, however, what can happen is that things like exercise or the gym or working long hours can be a way of avoiding whatever may lie behind the anxiety slash depression. But if it works, it works. As long as it helps, mm. that's what's important. And, you know, and that's the thing to remember as well is that there isn't, um, there isn't a set design for everyone. You know, everyone is different. Everyone has has their own way of being. So, you know, as long as it works and it works for you, that's good. But, you know, it, it can be a case that, and I, I would often say to, 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 to people kind of half jokingly, you know, that do marathons or stuff like that, I would say, well, what are you running from? <laughs> <laughs> you know, unconsciously, what are, what are you running from? Yeah. Um, so there can be that thing of just trying to avoid yourself. It's, it's a good question, actually, because you can't 
cure yourself, I presume? Probably not. Um, you know, we're our, our brains develop in relation to other people, you know, which is why you see people or, you know, these few instances where kids are have been living feral and stuff like just raised by wolves or stuff like that. You know, they're never... They're never 100% right. They're never fully uh, acclimated then back into into human society because those those forms of early years have been spent without a lack of human interaction and uh, which is which which develop helps develop our brain. So, mm. um, I mean, it's not to say that you know as long as you find something that works that that that's that's the main thing. But I mean, it's always better with with someone else. Yeah, I, I remember I had a. Had a client, and, and I knew uh, he only he only came in for one session, and I knew full well he wasn't going to come back. And he's like, "Oh, you know, I can read up about Jung, and I can read up about Fried, and I can do all this." And in my head, I'm going, "Well, well, why are you coming to me then? Clearly, you can't, you know." And he'd been yeah. to about four or five or six different therapists, mm. um, and it's like, you know, maybe you might, maybe you might be the one with the problem. Maybe it's not all all of us. Can you be not ready for therapy? Oh yeah, 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 hundred really? percent. Yeah, I've and I've had people come back to me going. Actually, I had a, had a client uh, start last week and uh, he said that very same thing. I said, I had a few sessions before. He's only a young lad, he's only a young guy. He said, but, but I was just telling her what I knew she wanted to hear. I, I wasn't ready to deal with it. So now, now he's ready. And what I'd normally say to clients is, well, look, you're going to pay me at the end of the session anyway, so there's no point coming in line here. I'm still getting paid. Yeah. You're only robbing yourself. So yeah, but there is, and there's that unconscious. I mean, our, our unconscious wants us as stable as possible. You know, um, so and as much as we don't, and I'd always say this to clients, as much as we don't want to clear anything that's going to cause us physical discomfort, we also don't want to clear anything that's going to cause us emotional discomfort. So the unconscious sense of go, I'm fucking aware. Yeah, yeah. And I had, had, a, had a great one with, with a client who was, he was very open about his mental health on, on social media and stuff like that. He goes, uh, he was always in late, late evening because he worked. He said, uh, I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to come in tonight. I was like, all right. I said, but you did. I did, right. And uh, I said, well, why did you not want to come in? He said, because I don't want to talk about it. I was like, all right. I said, so why did you come in? Because it's the fucking one thing I know I need to talk about, he says. <laughs> <laughs> so he had the awareness. He, he knew, like, I can feel this resistance. I know yeah. I don't want to go there, but I know I need to go there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can, you can be not ready. Before before we kick off, what's what's been going on with you, man? What's 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 on your mind? Do you know what I'm starting to notice more of? Gobshite drivers. <laughs> gobshite drivers are back. Um, oh, yeah. the gobshites are back. Gobshite uh, drivers which would, are which back. Which would lead you to believe, you know, if you know, I know correlation does not equal causation, but are non-essential workers then shit drivers? <laughs> Is there a correlation there? <laughs> it could be, yeah. But um, yeah. yeah, it's funny. You um, one of the things that really really used to bug me drivers doing stupid things and making mistakes and they're uh, mm. they're back out in the roads it's brilliant um uh, so yeah. it's uh, actually it, it used to drive me absolutely mental driving because i mm. spend a lot of time on the road but uh so you see some crazy crazy shit but um i used to get really really annoyed like you know you could spend you know half the day just giving out about a driver to your head and you can't wait till you're on the phone to the wife or whatever to go you never guess what this fucking gobshite did he's fucking idiot I, uh, I developed a bit of a, a bit of a mechanism because I uh, I was on the way to work one day and this guy pulled straight out in front of me and I just went for a 
fuck's sake. And I threw my two hands in the air and went, fucking idiot, in the car. And you can obviously see it was pissed off. And he gave me the biggest, most sarcastic smile and a wave. And I just, I couldn't be angrier. So I just laughed. So that's that's yeah. what I do now. If drivers piss me off or if I piss off drivers, I will just give them a big smile and a wave into the car because that will make them even angrier. Oh, I've done that. Been there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What about yeah. you, dude? Um, yeah, like I said, I've just been flat out working, uh, but uh, kind of living for the weekend now. I was. <laughs> this is going to sound. This is going to sound fucking bananas. I've been living for Hamilton, uh, the musical, which is coming to the Disney Channel, which is absolutely. Have you seen it? Have you heard it? Uh, Hamilton. Have you heard it? Heard something or seen something on Facebook, but all I know is the name. I know nothing. And like the whole thing is wrapped and and like R and B. It's all like hip hop. No, and R and B. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's amazing the amount of hip hop references in it. Like, um, there's there's one of the lines. It's uh, it's it's one of the biggie ones where Biggie has the line. I'm the N O T O R I O U S. You just lay down slow. Mm-hmm. And then in Hamilton, he has I am the A L E X A N D E R. We are meant to be a colony. And there's loads of these little hip hop references in it. He references uh, Mob Deep. I'm only 19, but my oh, mind is wow. older. Um, what else has he got in it? Oh, one of the songs is the Ten Jewel Commandments. Oh, you know, off B- off Biggie's Ten Crack yeah. Commandments. Oh, um, so my, my friend Karen, she told me about Hamilton. She's, seen, she's big into the music. She's in the musical society and she's the director of it and stuff like that. And she, she went to see Hamilton in the West End ages ago and she was like, oh my God, you have to go and see it. This is just... And I'm like, yeah, calm down, love. And she was like, she was just just kept going on about it like and I was like nah you're overhyping it here like you're fucking mm. you're, you're gonna you're gonna ruin it for me so back in February just just before lockdown um, I went over to London and I went to I booked a I went uh, went to see uh, Daniel Radcliffe in, in the West End um, and I put it up on Facebook and Karen says oh you need to go and see Hamilton um, and I looked at the prices and the prices are fucking ridiculous like so 150 or 160 sterling um, she's like look I'm telling you like you, you just gotta go and see it you gotta go and see it like, and she's like I'll lend you the money if you, if you need it I'm like, no no it's not about that <laughs> so I was like right fuck it I'll go and see it so I booked to see that then on the Friday night and I went to see I went to see Hamilton and you know I was kind of like going, going in keeping keeping the expectations low and I was like because she's overhyped it here like you know she's just she's, she's oversold it and I'm going to mm-hmm. walk away from this disappointed and I came out and I was just fucking blown away. It is absolutely phenomenal. Cool. If any if anyone has seen it, please, please message in in any shape or form, email any of the social media and just tell me that I'm not wrong about Hamilton because people that haven't seen it will be like, the fuck is this lad on about? Like, mm. You're starting to look like the crazy guy, you know. Honestly, the apocalypse is coming and nobody's listening to me. Like, I'm, yeah. t- I'm telling you, look, please, please, anyone that listens to this, anyone that anyone that hears this and has seen Hamilton or listens to the soundtrack, please just, please validate me. As we talk about self-esteem, please validate <laughs> me. Please make sure I'm not fucking mental. <laughs> because of Hamilton <laughs> I'm not saying I'm not because of other things but <laughs> so there you go get in touch via Facebook we're on Twitter as well Instagram or you can email straighttalkingpodcast at gmail.com so as Alan mentioned we are talking about self-esteem this week so how does 
self-esteem affect our mental health? Well, self-esteem is, you know, it's going to have a massive impact on our on our mental health because our self-esteem is our kind of basic value and, and our intrinsic self-worth. How we, how we how we think about ourselves and the, and the value that we we put on ourselves as a as a person, and then you know when we have low self esteem, that's that's going to have a you know we're going to have a negative overall opinion of ourselves. We're going to judge ourselves very harshly. We're going to evaluate what we do very harshly, um, and that will affect then how we how we interact with with other people because we we value ourselves as being less than. Are some people born with a lot of self-esteem and some people born with no self-esteem or do we develop No, it we're all. Time? Yeah, it develops over time. No one no one's born with with low self-esteem. I mean a baby doesn't come out believing that it's unworthy of the breast. You know, it's it it, it develops in relation to um, primarily our our caregivers being being our parents. Um, and and in the development of it in childhood, it's how it's what they reflect us. So I I would always say to people that um, parents are mirrors and children are sponges. So what the parent reflects, the child absorbs. And so if you have, you know, if if you grow up being told you're, you know, you're great, you're loved, yeah, you feel loved. You're not just told that you you feel it. You're encouraged. You're supported. Uh, well, then you're going to you're going to grow up believing that you're lovable if you grow up being told you're a little bastard uh i wish you were never fucking born you're the you're you've been an anchor around my neck my entire life then you're not going to feel pretty good about yourself if we go back to um episode three on normal people and adolescents and they mentioned in that of um what was her name marianne is that that her name in the marianne yeah as she says she makes the comment that uh you know I always thought I was unlovable or something like that. Oh, yeah. And and we see how she would think that due to the mother that she had. Mm. So this is what the mother has reflected back, you know, more than likely conditional uh, love and stuff like that. Um, and when you're when you're only loved on condition of getting good grades or doing something that fits in with the, with the parents' value, then, you know, you develop a false self and it's not who you really are. You're just doing what you're doing to be accepted and loved by your by your parents. So is self-esteem something that we get from our childhood or can we have a lot of self-esteem as kids and then eventually have a lot of that taken away from us? Oh yeah, negative, um, I mean negative uh, relationships or negative jobs, anything like that, significant negative effects. So I had a client recently then um, and I'll differentiate between self-confidence and and self-esteem now in a second. But his self-confidence was shattered because he had a prick of a boss who would literally, it was literally just abusive to him, like, you know, would be saying horrendous shit, like, um, and this just rattled his belief in being able to do his job. Now, we can have confidence, but still have low self-esteem. So in a situation like that, I mean, you could you could go into your job having, you know, being fully confident of going, yeah, I can do this shit, I got this shit, this isn't, this isn't a problem, but still have low self-esteem. Because, okay, well, you've gone into your job and you've been told you're very good at it and you can do it. And, you know, like myself with the acting or yourself with the radio, you know, you've won awards for it. And, you know, it's it's been it's been validated. But you can still believe that you have no worth as a person. And this is, you know, you can get the imposter syndrome and all this of going, oh, I don't belong here. Wait until they just find out what I'm really like and um, mm-hmm. stuff like that. I had, a, I had a client years ago who was a, an Olympic athlete. And 
you know, he, he couldn't understand how he had all this confidence in his particular event, but his self-esteem was shit. And, and what I said to him was, I said, well, look, I mean, you, you competed for your country. Uh, I said, I presume you've won various events and you have medals and trophies. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, I presume you've had coaches that have believed in you and told you that you could, you know, he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I said, well, have you had that outside of your discipline? No. So you grew up with low self-esteem, but he had the confidence in, in, in this discipline. And what what can happen then is where people, you know, get obsessed with like that with their with their sporting career, or and I'm not saying he was, mm. uh, or you get obsessed with your job stuff like that. You're fucked once that's taken away, mm. because all of your all of your self worth has been based on your job or your uh, your sporting event or whatever it may be. It's funny you say that. I uh, I read the autobiography of Paul McGrath. Have you ever read it? No. <laughs> football <laughs> no, there's actually highly unlikely there's very little football in it just the story behind mm. it is incredible but I've actually heard yeah. it's a great read oh yeah. definitely if anybody gets a chance to read it's fantastic um, but I remember reading a part in it where Paul McGrath would be able to go out onto a pitch with thousands of people watching him and millions of people around the world and he'd have Roberto Baggio in his back pocket one of the best players mm-hmm. in the world mm-hmm. but yet if somebody asked him to hand out medals at a local school no couldn't do it. Right. We're just crippled with anxiety. I, I was just going to say it's anxiety, isn't depression, it? Depression, low self-esteem. You know, so that that's obviously the difference between your, your self-esteem and your confidence. You can be confident mm-hmm. in something, but you're still yeah, going to yeah. feel like shit as a person, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and as I said, you know, it develops uh, in those early early life experiences more so than anything. Um, and, you know, whether that's from being punished or neglected or abused or... You know, like in like in normal people, Marianne and you know her her mother with the high standards. You know, if you don't meet those standards, mm. uh, not fitting in at home, not fitting in in school, uh, our peers, you know, who say, "Oh, you're the fucking odd one," or "You're you know that lad's mad," or "He's you know something," or "He's a he's the smelly one," or "He's the he's the this," or "He he's the that." Like you know anything in, in those formative years, um, and and whether that. You know, also then not not only within your own family, but your family's place in society then as well. So, for example, if you're a, a, a say a non-national, and you know you're you're growing up in Ireland, and you know if you experience racism or or you're the you're the dirty packies or you're the uh, thick Polish or yeah, yeah. you know that that kind of thing, then then you you'll absorb that, mm. and or or your family's place in the extended family. You know, oh well. Oh well, we're the poor ones, and everyone else has their big houses and their big jobs, and you know this kind of thing. And mm. the the parents' low self esteem gets passed on then to gets passed on to the child. So from the peers, from her parents, from the teachers, you know, teachers as well have gone. You know, if you're if there was an older sibling, you you may be told, "Oh, you're fucking no good." Or there's a the whole breed of you are, are worthless. You know, you're all troublemakers and thieves and mm. this and that. Um, so it, it is very much those early, those early yeah. formative years. Can low self-esteem lead to the likes of depression and anxiety? Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like that. So, I mean, if you've got um, that negative, that negative self-worth, you know, thinking that you're useless or thinking... 
and then something happens you're going to go for fuck's sake I did it again and made the mistake or you get fired it's because I'm thick it's because I'm worthless it's because I'm stupid um, and well that's going to lead to de- that's going to lead to depression it's mm. you know and even having that that low self-esteem and that negative view of self I mean you're not going to put yourself forward for the promotion and work because you think you're stupid, because you think you're thick, because you think you're no good. So that's going to limit you. That's going to limit your your, your chances in life mm. because you think you don't deserve it or you think you're not able for it or stuff like that. So you're not even going to put yourself forward. And particularly with social anxiety, you know, because social anxiety and, and you're believing that you're not as good as other people are judging you. And as I said, that that imposter syndrome of, oh, wait until I'm found out. People, people will just realize that I don't know what I'm doing and the only reason I'm here is because they haven't caught me out yet and mm. you know stuff like that yeah and that person might be very capable of their job but this is just the, the belief that they have of themselves so low self-esteem it's obviously a problem but is high self-esteem a problem uh, no, I, no I wouldn't say I wouldn't think so but if you're uh, if I mean, you're loaded with self-esteem you're thinking I'm mm-hmm. great I'm absolutely brilliant I can do this 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 I don't care if I'm not mm-hmm. qualified. I don't care because I've got a lot of self-esteem. No, you're probably confusing self-esteem then with, with arrogance uh, or cockiness. You know, high high self-esteem or probably a better term for it would be healthy self-esteem mm. would be that, you know, you don't need to go around telling everybody how great you are. And in fact, that arrogance and that cockiness is very often just compensating for low self-esteem. Okay. So I feel shit about myself, but I can't let anyone figure that out. So mm. I just tell everyone how fucking great I am. Do people fake self-esteem or is it, as you say, an overcompensation of confidence? It's, 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 an over, it's, it's probably an overcompensation of, of the low self-esteem. Mm. And, you know, and, we, and when we talk about compensation, like, you know, we all say, oh, you're a man with the big car. Oh, he must have a little dick. Like, you know, he's, com- he's compensating for something. When we have that deeply ingrained part of ourselves that I'm no good or there's something wrong with me or this kind of thing. And we, we try and hide that. And we can't let anyone figure that out. So therefore, we'll well. If I tell everyone I'm fucking great and I'm I'm the best and I'm Billy Big Balls, then they're not going to know. And mm. I can I can put these I can put these kind of rules and stuff in in place that uh, ensures that I I won't be found out. But deep down in your in your in your lonely moments, you know you're full of shit. Like, mm. what car did you buy the other day? <laughs> it's a bigger car. <laughs> 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 I fucking knew you were going to say it I knew it <laughs> But it's only a 1.6 engine I'll go away Yeah, yeah, yeah Yeah, I'm only kidding um, People who are self-deprecating You know, people who like to make jokes about how shit they are Things and this, that, you know <laughs> Do they have low self-esteem? It very often can be um, Because it's, well, if I make fun of myself Then you don't get to it's a so coping mechanism, is it? Or it's it, it can be, yeah. So I can, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think I, I think the expression for it, and you know, something like empowerment, disempowerment. So it's um, black people calling themselves niggers, gay people calling themselves faggots, lesbians calling themselves dykes. Because if they say it, it takes the power out of it. Mm. So you have nothing. Oh, you're a faggot. Yeah, I'm what? Mm. <laughs> uh, right. Um, fuck uh, you know you, you've depowered them you've taken that power out of it and if I if I put myself down then then you can't our family have a very odd sense of humour in a way well on my dad's side in the sense that when we all meet mm. up we will actually rip the living piss out of each other so we won't pay a compliment we will rip the living piss mm. out of you 
You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah, if yeah. we're if you're walking oh, into somewhere or to a, a pub or something, if you're meeting up and you know the first thing you do, you'll walk and go, Ah, oh, well, how's things? Come here, Jesus. Where'd you get that shirt? It's nice. You get in the attic, you did. And come here, you mm-hmm. here, come over <laughs> to me. You tell me, you tell me who fucking told you, and I'm gonna fucking I'm gonna sort him out. What do you mean tell No, you tell me who told you this is going to be fancy dress? And I'll fucking you see if I don't sort them out. <laughs> Fuck off, you bollocks. But that's that's our sense of humour. And it's funny yeah, yeah. that I had to explain to one or two people who weren't family, who were in the presence of family, if they mm-hmm. slag you, they like you. They like you. It. Know, and yeah, slag yeah, them yeah, back. That's, that's what you do. You, you know what I mean? But it's not yeah, a, it's yeah. not a case that, of... That's how you win the respect. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. It, it's not a case of attacking your self-esteem. Mm-hmm. It's, we're just having the crack. Yeah, you know. Yeah, well, well, the the other side of that then as well is 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 the insults. You know that that makes sure you don't be getting notions about yourself. God forbid you'd have notions. You think you're better than you are? How dare you? Yeah, yeah. Look at you with your nice fucking top, your nice shirt. You know, and and Irish people, we all know what notions is. Mm-hmm. You know, or just that lets fierce notions about himself. Jay's he'd fucking ate himself if he was chocolate. He'd ride himself if he could turn around fast enough. And I I remember uh, last year, last year I think I was, I was in Dubai. So after I finished my after I finished my masters, I uh, treated myself to to a trip to Dubai uh, myself and my and my ex girlfriend at the time. And we weren't long back. And my and my and my, uh, my daughter was coming home from England, and she was bringing the boyfriend home. And uh, this is my first time meeting the boyfriend. We picked him up, picked him up from the airport. So there was myself, my ex-girlfriend, my daughter, and her boyfriend. Uh, my daughter's boyfriend is English, and we went for breakfast. I had they had an early night, uh, an early flight, so we uh, went for breakfast in Blanchestown or something like that. And we were chatting away, and my my daughter and and my and my ex were slagging me off, going, "Oh, sure, this lad with his fucking notions off to Dubai and stuff like that." So we're having to crack anyway, and this this was going on for a few minutes. And and after a while, my my daughter's boyfriend turned around and he said, "Cause he's English," and he's like, "What's notions?" And I had to stop. I was like, "How the fuck do you describe notions?" Yeah, I was like, "Every Irish person knows what notions is." But here, here's you know, this non-Irish, and you're having to go. Um, it's well, you kind of stay in your lane. You know, you you don't be you don't be getting ideas above your station. Yeah. Did you did you not tell him it was what his people did to us six hundred fucking years ago? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because he's uh, get he's out, half get a, out. <laughs> he's half Iraqi, so oh. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's actually half Arabian. So, um, so I could probably say, well, well, what your half people did to <laughs> Christians eight hundred years ago before they did it back to you, and he did it back to them, and. <laughs> It's just a vicious but circle, no, he, really, you know. I'm, I'm yeah, obviously, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm obviously only a kid and taking the piss, but it is a uniquely Irish thing, though, isn't yeah. it? And you can say it's of course it is, the yeah. uh, repressive culture bestowed mm. upon yeah, us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, and the example I gave, and probably no better example of it, you know, of of Bono. You know, Irish people fucking hate Bono. <laughs> yeah, I, I like Bono. I'm not against Bono, but not Bono, Bono. Me. I remember. But if you want to come a, on and uh, be a guest, you know, just give us a shout. Yeah. I know you listen. We're so, open. Yeah. If, yeah, if, you, if you'd like to talk about uh, the impact of your glycoma on your on your mental health, uh, <laughs> we're fully open to discussing that. But I think I've seen him in an interview before and he was talking about the difference between the American mentality and the Irish mentality. Uh, with the Irish mentality, you know, you see someone that has a nice house and you go, oh, Jez, look at your man there, huh? Thinks he's the fucking right lad there with his big fucking house and his electric gates and Asher Jesus is it the only go up down the fucking road there now look at him there with the with the notions on him and he said then the Americans are like to see the person with the big house and they're like that's gonna be me one day mm. you know it's something it's 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 something to work toward 
Whereas the Irish, and we all know that Irish begrudgery. Yeah. And let's be honest, like, or, you know, it, it is a real thing. Like, mm. And, and we, we are, as a nation, you know, we suffer with an inferiority complex. And whether that being ruled by the British, you know, stemming from stuff like that. But all of these things of not being good enough or, you know, just being grateful for any sort of a scrap that's thrown your way. Uh, you see it at mm. gigs all the time of, you know, someone B comes over and, and, and we're so grateful that the stop by our little island. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's 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 amazing. Like, So should we avoid people in our lives who give us low self-esteem? Can we avoid them? I, um, it's a difficult one. There's, there's that thing, there's that quote from, uh, I think it's Eleanor Roosevelt. She said, no one can feel make you feel inferior without your permission. Mm. Um, but again, if, the, if we already have that, then people are just going to trigger us. So can anyone make you feel something? Yes, if, uh, yes, they can. But again, it's, well, it's only if they're pressing a button that's already there. Yeah. So is there a way of actually changing our perception? Because I presume a lot of, a lot of what we take in is perception and how we perceive things. Like if somebody wants to pay you a compliment and say, oh, nice shirt, mm. you can take it as, oh, thanks, it is a nice shirt. Or else you can go, fuck you, you <laughs> know. It's all I can afford. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I remember. Aldi had, I think it was Aldi had a great ad there years ago. As Irish as the inability to take a compliment. Mm, yeah. And your one goes, oh, jeez, I love your dress. And your one's like, oh, jeez, this whole thing. Oh, God, jeez, I should have thrown it out. And I just thought that is absolutely amazing. So whatever ad agency came up with that, just I, I salute you. Um, I had a, I had a client who, uh, and, I, and I've heard this story in kind of various variations, as I mentioned to people. Um, but the first time I heard it was from a client uh, who was, his aunt was in Australia. And she was over there with a lot of Irish girls, and they got friendly with uh, with some with some Aussie girls. And one of the Irish girls said something to the Aussie girl, and the Aussie girl turned around. And she went, "Oh, thanks, pennies." And they're like, "Huh? What, what are you on about?" Like, she'd hung around with the Irish girls so much and heard them being complimented on their tops or on their clothes that she thought, "Oh, thanks, pennies," was an expression. A phrase, yeah. Whereas in Ireland, we immediately dismiss it. Oh, I love your top. Oh, thanks, pennies. Like, yeah. we only paid three euros for it. We, yeah. we straight away undermine the, the, the compliment and, and belittle it. Go, oh, sure, it only cost me, it only cost me a fiver, like. Yeah, we all do yeah. it. It's only, it's, only, it's only pennies. Well, yeah, we need to take more compliments. I'm funny you mention that. Mm. I um, remember being at work one day, sleep deprived with a small baby at home. And uh, one of the girls in work came up to me and said, oh, I love your, I love your jumper. And I said, oh, why not? Oh. All right. Well, thanks. Um, that's, that's, do you know how I picked this morning? No. <laughs> the only top that didn't have baby mama. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Parents, man. Real, <laughs> recognise real. <laughs> Been there. <laughs> and I, I wouldn't, but it was the, it's the same when I went to do my shopping yesterday. I uh, had a T-shirt on, but I put a jacket on over my T-shirt, just a light jacket. Why? Because I had beans on my fucking shoulder from where the young lad had beans and then decided to wipe his mouth in me shoulder. I'm, I'm, not, oh, yeah. I'm not getting a new yeah. t-shirt on. This yeah. would be grand. But you know, it's it's funny. Yeah, it's it's against. Oh yeah, you you look well or whatever. Oh no, I don't. And oh no, mm-hmm. you just made a ball to my hair. I don't like it or whatever. No, you look or no, I don't. Blah. blah. Take the mm-hmm. fucking compliment. You know, take it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You look nice. You look nice. You dress well. Yeah. You dress well. But again, it. you can't be at notions. 
Ah, fuck notions. Ah, that's all. Oh, that's I. I live by that. <laughs> I have fierce notions about myself. <laughs> Brilliant. And so you should. You should have notions about. Uh, why? Why would you not? I mean, this is the thing. Why would you not like to treat yourself? Mm. Why would you not? You know, look out for yourself. Why? Why would you not try and better yourself? Can we blame Catholicism now for a sec? Can we? You know, this whole. Oh uh, well, uh, I think it does. Yeah, yeah. yeah the whole, whole flagellation and yeah, yeah Matty yeah. Hislop who yeah. um, wore a, a coat inside out, didn't he? Of horse hair just to punish himself. Uh, is it yeah, Matty Hislop? Yeah, yeah. I always get mixed up with him and the guy that um, uh, Father Ted ripped the piss out of. Uh, do you remember where they were trying to give up? Cigarettes, booze, yeah, and roller yeah, skate, yeah, a rollerblade, yeah. and uh, uh, Ted was saying, you know, the lent one, you. and then the nun covered That's in chocolate. That one, yeah. wasn't it? <laughs> but he was, he was talking about. It. I, don't, I can't remember. Is it uh, no? Matt Talbot is the real dude. Um, oh yes, yes, is the, yes. The, the the fictional character where he said he used to carry. Yeah, he was allergic yeah. to dogs or something. He used to carry around a puppy in mm. his pocket and sniff him every so often just to punish himself. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, is there that kind of, you know, Catholic state of mentality where we need to punish ourselves? You you know, mm. don't don't enjoy this. It's not to be enjoyed, you know. And yeah, if you're, well, I mean, you're the, thinking that way, uh, you need uh, but, to be punished. Yeah, but I mean, so from, from Catholicism, what have you got? You've got original sin. As soon as you're born, you're a sinner. As That's soon right, as you're yeah. born, there's something wrong with you. You know, you've already, you know, and only through the grace of God can you be saved kind of thing. So yeah. you're absolutely put down from, from Jump Street. Um uh, with, with that upbringing and all, all the shame and you know that you have to be below you have to be humble and you have to you know bow bow down you know and, and you'd and you'd still see it people going around kissing the hand of the priest and you know all of the oh just the priest is coming and da, 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 da. Mm. You know, all the all the panic around that and you know so i think i think it would certainly it would certainly be a factor in it. yeah yeah um yeah, it's kind of like this fear of society you're, you're brought up in, you know, you be good or else you, you do what we say or else you're going to hell where you're going to burn for eternity and suffer and this kind mm. of stuff. And mm. it's a horrible mm. thing to try and explain to anybody. But it is that whole, um, you know, let's kick your fucking self-esteem in the arse because uh, yeah, don't yeah. think you're better than us or don't think you can question us. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. You know, um, and again, is it down to that whole group mentality as well we spoke about in the anxiety podcast being afraid you're yeah. going to be kicked out of the, the church <laughs> kicked out yeah, yeah yeah kicked out of the tribe yeah, yeah. And, and that is literally the, I mean the church is the, it was the community the church is not the spiritual mm. it's not the it's not the building I mean the church was originally the, the spiritual community um, I like that you know being being kicked out or being being judged and um, and it, it all feeds into that to that core belief um, that we have about ourselves, you know, how we see ourselves, how we see other people. And, you know, with low self-esteem, we'll have a negative view of ourselves. Mm. You know, other people are better, better than us. Um, and with, with core beliefs, then you get you get self-fulfilling prophecies. So if you have. Um, so the example I'd always give to clients would be if, if you have a guy that um, has a has a core belief that you know people don't like him he's he's not very interesting and he's you know he's a bit of a loser uh and th- this is this is how he views himself this this is this is his, his opinion of himself so we and we and we call him we call him johnny so johnny has this belief that this is this is that he's no good people don't like him uh, he's a bit of a boring bastard and he's a bit of a loser and we'll say 
Johnny's mate comes up and goes, look, oh man, P's having a P's having a party at the house at the weekend. You're going up? Nah, man, fuck that shit. I don't, I don't want to go. Like, ah, come on, come on, be a bit of crack. You're always saying you never go anywhere. Come on, all right, right, fine, fine, fine. I'll go, I'll go. So Johnny's Johnny's already rocking up to rocking up to the house with this negative belief around himself. Mm, he's not going to enjoy it. He's a bit of a loser. Uh, he's got nothing interesting to say. People don't like him. So everyone's in the kitchen having the crack. Maybe maybe you've got the guitar out. There's a bit of an old sing song going on. Mm-hmm. Johnny's Johnny's rocking in there with with this negative belief about himself. So he's going to think, well, they're not going to want me in with them. So I'll just go in here and sit in the sitting room and play with the dog. So everyone else then sees him and go, "Cheers, what's the story with with, with Billy Nomads there? You know, man, well, maybe look, he wants to be on his own. Should let him off there." Um, and then Johnny leaves the party. Go and see, people don't fucking like me. Mm. I've got nothing interesting to say. No one likes me. I'm so boring. And that reinforces then his belief about himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another example then of a self-fulfilling prophecy would be you take a, you take a teacher then that will say, you know, looks at you and goes, just that that Peter lad now, that, that, that young Dunn lad now, he's going to do, he's going to do well now with the leaving cert. He has it up there. You can see it in him. Um, so he's believing this. And then let's say one day you forget your homework or you didn't do your homework and automatically it's detention or, you know, you get an essay or something like that. But he believes, well, he's normally all right, so I'll cut him a bit of slack. Mm. And you just, you're right, have it for me tomorrow. Or you're having a problem with a, with a problem and you go, sir, I can't, I can't get this one, can you help me? And then maybe he just spends two minutes extra with you just to help you explain the problem mm. because he believes you're going to do well in the leaving, sir. And then... You do well in the leaving cert. And he goes, see, what did I tell you? Told you that lad had it. So he believes something and he unconsciously then acted in a way which helps to bring it about, thus reinforcing the belief. Mm. So when we have that negative belief about ourselves, I'm a loser, I'm stupid, I'm this, I'm that, we'll unconsciously act in a way then which helps to reinforce that. So we, we help to bring it about from through our belief system. Mm. What about people with very high self-esteem who think they're brilliant at something when they're not? Or am I confusing that again with confidence? As no, in, again, that's the, the Dunning-Kruger syndrome. Mm-mm, mm. Talk to me about yeah, that. So, yeah, so the Dunning-Kruger effect is, uh, is basically that um, the people that know fuck all think that they know everything. <laughs> mm. And the ones that know almost everything think that they know fuck all. Yeah. And, and and basically, uh, the, the the idea behind it is, you don't know what you don't know, so you think you know a lot. Whereas the people that would be more intelligent, the more they learn about something, the more they realize how little they don't know. Mm. So, intelligent people tend to underestimate their intelligence, and people with, you know, low intelligence, they tend to. Over, <laughs> mm. uh, over believe in, in, in what they know or what they think they know. A good saying I heard before was um, intelligence is knowing that you know nothing. Oh, as a Plato or Socrates, uh, it's, it's something like uh, I, uh, I, I'm the smartest man in the world because I know that I know nothing. Something, something like that. Yeah, yeah. And, and again, the intelligence and common sense, you know, the other one then is, you know, intelligence is knowing that uh, a tomato is a fruit. Common sense is known not to put it into a fruit salad. So having having high self esteem again, probably mistaken arrogance with with um, 
with with high self-esteem. Like, I mean, Trump, Trump goes around, Trump is a narcissist. Like, mm. Trump tells everyone how great he is and all of this kind of thing and Kanye as well. And, you know, very often narcissism is compensating for, for low self-esteem. So, you know, like that, you know, we need someone to do this. I can do that. I can do that. Um, and, and they're running straight in. Someone with high self-esteem knows that they don't need to. No, I'm sorry, I don't. I can't, can't help you with that. Sorry about that. Mm. They're not trying to compensate. They're not trying to show everyone how brilliant they are. Okay. They yeah, understand yeah. that. Well, actually, that's outside of my that's outside of my abilities. Now, yeah. look, I can take a look at it. I can have a try. But this is not my area of expertise, um, you know, rather than having to show everyone what you know or actually what you don't know has mm. become very evident. Some, sometimes people can be well-intentioned. Look, I'll do, I'll do my best for you. Mm. It comes down to intention. Who suffers more from lack of self-esteem, men or women? Oh, Jesus. I would... Uh, I don't know more, but I would think men would be more likely to compensate for it, whereas I think women would probably be more self-deprecating, maybe, if I, if I was to guess. I, I couldn't say who suffers more with it, mm. but usually men, usually men tend to compensate. Right. Women are probably the first to put themselves down. And, you know, if, you know, women, you know, any, any, any the ladies listen, please do let us know if you think that might be, that might be accurate. Mm. But I, I, in my experience, women tend to be more self-deprecating. Okay. Now, we all have that inner critic. We all have that inner voice that uh, tells us all that negative shit, gives you a running negative commentary on yourself. So that, that inner critic that tells you you're ugly or you're stupid or you're fat or that people don't like you or that there's something wrong with you. That's in, in, in anyone with low in, in anyone with low with low self-esteem generally. But I would say probably women would probably be the first to put themselves down. Right. Whereas the men, particularly in the group of men, where you can't be seen to be vulnerable. Mm. You know, you you can't be seen to have a flaw. You have to you have to act like Billy Big Balls. Mm. Whereas I think women would be probably a little bit more receptive to be the ones, Jesus no, hon, you look lovely. Just don't fuck don't mind that, no. You know, you're 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 grander. You look fucking savage. Mm. Well, but I think women would be probably. Well, I say this, but uh, I, I'll add an extra comment on it. I think women would be more kind of likely to to build their build their friends back up. You know, but in saying that, the only bullying that I hear about in in my client work is is by you know as women by women, right? So bullying in the workplace. The amount of times I've had women come in that they're being bullied by a female supervisor or a, or a female manager mm. tends to be women on women. So I don't know. Let's look at perception for a second, because you look at some of the greatest mm-hmm. managers, football managers in the world, and sometimes they will criticize players in order to get players to get up off their arse and get out there mm-hmm. and go, but mm-hmm. I'm going to fucking show him. And then mm. they'll criticize other players who will go, OK, you think I'm crap, right? I'm going to I'm going to throw in yeah, the towel. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's it's your reaction to criticism that'll affect your self esteem. Yeah, but a good manager knows how to manage people. Mm. The good the good manager knows who needs the arm around the shoulder and go, look, you had a bad game, you can pick it up next week. You're grand. Whereas someone else needs that kick up the hole. You're fucking useless. Yeah. How do you improve your self esteem? Yeah, well, one thing, you know, starts by trying to identify that, that inner critic anyway. And, you know, as, as we've mentioned before, you know, thoughts don't equal facts. Very often, that inner critic will very often sound like one of the parents. 
so you'd be ber- you might be berating yourself or stuff you might have been berated as as a child address what that what that voice sounds like is it does it sound like yourself does it sound like a parent does it sound like a teacher you know uh, uh, a, sub- a significant adult from from childhood because mm. you know if, if you've been brought up being told you're great lad and you're a big boy and all that uh, I, I give you, I give you an example of it here now. What, what I mean by that. Um, so, uh, a couple. Oh, it was probably was it last year. Probably, I think it might have been last summer at this stage. Uh, I was down with. Uh, I was down in Aldi with with James. James, my son. James is four and a half now, and um, we got out of the car and he was having a bit of a mope because he didn't want to go to the shop. And he said, "Buddy, you wouldn't tell me what you wanted for lunch. So I'm going to have to go in here and get something." So he gets out of the car, has the hands in the pocket, the head down. Oh, he's moping into the shop anyway. So I was—I went into the shop anyway. I wasn't paying much attention. He was walking. Through. I was like, "Come on!" You know, trying to win him around. But uh, I bumped into a almost literally bumped into a client in 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 the shop. And it's always weird if you know bumping into a client in the real world and they don't know what to say to me or stuff like that. And she was like, "Oh, Alan," and she says, uh, "Is this your little boy?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah. This this is this is James anyway." And so myself and James went went around the shop anyway, and I started knocking a bit of crack out. And we were chasing after each other and all that, and won him back over, and he was grand. So I had him up in my arms at, at the checkout, and he was looking down the aisle, and and he could see he could see the client, um, and he turns around, and he says, um, "Why did that girl say I was a little boy?" Because I've always told him he's a big boy. Mm. I said, "Oh, you're a big boy. You'll be able to do that." Oh, well, you know, remember when you were a little boy and you weren't able to, and now you're a big boy and now you're able to do that? So he was highly offended because she was calling him a little boy when all he's ever been told is he's a big boy. Mm. So if you've been told you're a little bastard, then that's what you'll, that's what you'll believe about yourself. Mm. Uh, as one, one client told me, the thing he was brought up believing was you're bold since you were born. You know, and when you hear that, well, what's, how, how could you have any sort of self-value in yourself? Growing up here in that, like, yeah, you were always mad, you were always stupid, yeah, yeah, yeah. you were always incapable. Yeah, or whatever. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're yeah, gonna, yeah. you're gonna believe that, of course. So you're. How, yeah, so how how we respond to the child, and you know, for the child to know that they matter, that they have value, because that's what they're internalizing. They're absorbing mm. that from us. What what you reflect, they absorb. Mm. There was another example. I was picking, I was picking James up from crash one day, um, and I picked him up and. You know, I always give him a big, a big hug and a kiss. Uh, any, anyone doesn't know I'm a single dad and you know, when I pick my son up and crash. And I said, oh, I missed you, buddy. And he goes, yeah, yeah, uh, missed, missed you too. And um, that would say that was on the Friday. And I think maybe he was going back on the Saturday or the Sunday. And as we were going back, I was like, oh, I'm going to really miss you now, buddy. And he's like, you're going to miss me again? I was like, yeah, buddy. Like, I, I miss you all the time. Like, I, I always think about you. I always. And for him to hear that, I go, oh, I'm held in mind. I matter. Important. You miss me. Mm. You know, well that that's what that's conveying. You're loved. You feel loved. And when you feel loved, when you are loved, you perceive yourself then as lovable. So if you, if you grow up being told you're a little bitch or you're a little bastard and you're the fucking worst in the world and you're the bane of my existence, well, you're not going to believe yourself very lovable. Mm. And what's going to happen then? Well, you're probably going to get into abusive relationships. Because you have that negative self-value of yourself anyway. You believe you're a little bitch. You believe you're a bastard. You believe you're not worthy of love. Mm -hmm. And then you get into abusive relationships. You get into dysfunctional relationships. 
because this is what you've internalized. Yeah. This is the value that you put on yourself. It was interesting what you were saying there about listening to the voice in your head telling you. Mm. Mm. Um, I think we all kind of make decisions based on other people's voices to an extent, don't we? We all, you know, if we're in work uh, and you're going to do something work, you think, oh, hold on, will the boss give me a bollocking for doing this or not? Mm, mm. What do I think? You know, what can I do that um, mm. won't piss him off? You know, mm. got a text from one of the lads to go out for points on Wednesday. Is that going to piss the wife off or not? Or will I do this mm. or not? You know, or you could be thinking to yourself, oh, I'm thinking about doing this or that or the other. And you might have a parent's voice in the back of your head going, no, why, why would you do that? That's just that's just stupid. So mm. I think we, we, we tend to have a lot of voices in our head all yeah, speaking yeah, yeah, together where we're going, right, what's the best path here? Because yeah. if we all went and yeah, did whatever the hell we wanted, then it'd be a very different existence for us all. Yeah. Another interesting thing you mentioned there of that parent, you know, that parent's internalized parent voice, you know, saying, well, that was stupid. You know, very often for people with, with low self-esteem, Doing something stupid means they're stupid. Or failing at something means you're a failure. Mm. You know, that's how you begin to identify yourself. That you know, that that how that's how you define yourself. Whereas, you know, people with healthy self-esteem will go, okay, that failed, right. What did I need to do? Right, I know what I did there, I know what yeah. I'm after fucking up. Right, that's grand. You know, you, you're not defined by those absolutes of being told, well, that was stupid, therefore. I'm stupid. It's funny, actually, because a lot of business people would have failed like two, three, four times before they actually oh, yeah, got yeah. their business yeah. up and running. So yeah. can you imagine if they went, yeah, didn't work. OK, I, I just won't ever, ever, ever try that again. And that's it. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, uh, uh, Michael Jordan, you know, he his his thing was that, you know, he was better because he just failed more times and kept trying. He just mm. didn't give up. Yeah, that that's what differentiated him between the between the rest of them. You yeah. know, he stayed. He stayed, he practiced, he he just put the work in. He yeah. didn't give up. If your child falls on the ground, you don't give out shit to them for failing at gravity. You tell mm. them, come on, back up again. Here's yeah, a hand yeah, and yeah. go for it again. Mm. You know, mm. you don't um, you don't criticize. Although you do see some people criticizing kids for falling. What did you do that for? What did you hit your head for? Yeah, for Christ's yeah, sake. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? As opposed to, oh, come here, you made a mistake. Come here, give me a hug mm. and you're mm. all right. Go back out there. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Yeah, but what, what does the child do when it's learning to walk? It doesn't stop. It keeps trying. Mm, exactly, yeah. <laughs> you know, they're not believing they're failing. They're they're going, okay, I just keep trying, I keep trying. Yeah. You know, to, to have this this drive to, to, to do it. We can learn a lot from kids. Oh, absolutely. I mm. mean, it all goes wrong. It all goes wrong. Yeah. <laughs> from, from um, you know, and that's that's what happens when adults <laughs> in, interfere with, you know, that child's personal personal growth try to mm. control and try to have the child become a, become an extension of themselves and told not not what you want to do true yeah and what else can you do to try and boost your self-esteem or help your self-esteem is it all based on your environment and who you keep around you well it can be I mean uh, there, there's an old saying that I, I've always liked it's hard to soar like an eagle when you're surrounded by pigeons <laughs> 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 I've always liked that one I love that That's brilliant um, Yeah but I mean look the, the, the thing as well You know with, As you say around the, the, the people around you You know your vibe Attracts your tribe Your vibe Attracts your tribe That's a good one mm, You Like I mean You know How you are Like I mean Druggies tend to hang around With other druggies mm. Alcoholics Tend to hang around With alcoholics 
soccer heads tend to hang around with soccer heads. Mm. You know, so how you are and who you allow into your life. True. You know, and for, for people with low self-esteem, they, they may see that they're just grateful to have friends and they'll put up with any sort of shit. Okay. Whereas someone with healthy self-esteem might go, actually, you know what? I didn't like the way you spoke to me the other day. And, you know, you set that boundary. You, you put that in place to go, I won't be spoken to like that. While somebody with low self-esteem would go, I'm just happy you spoke to me. Uh, yeah, yeah. To so be just, mm. oh, oh, Jesus, no. Oh, sure, I, I shouldn't have said that, you know. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to offend you. And, you know, mm. you, you just, uh, you'll take it. Yeah. I mean, one of the common things around around trying to work with self-esteem is uh, these kind of positive affirmations. And, you know, you really need to, you really need to watch out for them. And this is where the kind of self-help books really don't help because it would be a very common thing in the self-help books to you know to, to give yourself these affirmations every day and look sometimes they work sometimes it don't work but for people with low self-esteem it tends to make them feel worse i remember i had a client a couple of years ago presenting issue was anxiety but a lot of the anxiety then was coming from the place of low self-esteem and she had said that um her friend had obviously read some book or something and told her she said what you need to do now you need to look yourself in the mirror every day and you need to tell yourself I love myself I'm a good person and I have self-worth we'll say mm. and I was like okay right and I said uh, and I and I knew the answer before before I asked the question and I said uh, and how did that work out for you she was like yeah yeah not great and uh, I was like yeah okay I said right well let's start with the obvious do you love yourself no right Let's work on that. Let's look at that. Mm. And so what it actually had done was it, it fed into her feeling even worse because her friend, it worked for her friend. So then that okay. feeds into, oh, well, there must be something wrong with me because mm. it worked for her and it's in this book. But the, you know, the book doesn't factor in why you don't love yourself, why you can't hold two opposing beliefs. You can't be sitting there saying, I love myself and looking in the mirror and you're saying, I love myself. And internally you're going, no, you fucking don't. You're unlovable. So who the fuck would love you? Yeah, I'm on to you. Yeah. You're a bluffer. Exactly, yeah. Mm. Yeah, so, you know, I'd, I'd kind of urge caution in terms of the, the positive affirmations. But, you know, what, what you can do, you, you know, you can identify what you are competent at and develop, you know, develop that and go, oh, yeah, well, I, there was a time I wasn't able to do that and now I'm able to do it. Mm. Um, you know, so that's, that's, that's one thing to do. Uh, learning to accept compliments. Mm-hmm. You know when, when when someone when someone says something to you, accept yeah. it. I'm all for that. When I was, yeah, yeah. When I was uh, when I was doing the acting, and uh, one of, one of my favorite people in the world is uh, one of my old acting tutor, Jorg. He's from Berlin, but he's he's the least German German that has ever been. Like it's just like a three year old in this in this old man's body, and no one knows what age he is because he's just so young acting and so youthful um, but we were doing a showcase or something or we were doing it or something like that and um, if, if anyone's ever been to the theatre uh, you know at the end of the, at the end of the play the audience cast come out take their bow the audience the audience applaud and very often then you'll see the you'll see the actors then applauding the the, 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 the audience back and this went on and he's like oh, why, why are you doing that and people were saying like oh you know you know, they're clapping and we're clapping back. He's like, no, no, no. He says, take your applause. You, you've earned it. Mm. You've learned the lines. You've created this character. You've you've brought them into this world for the last couple of hours. Take your applause. So mm. take your compliments. You know, don't don't deflect them. Don't 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 come out with the oh thanks pennies. 
you know, just go, oh, thanks very much. Mm. Watch out for that inner critic. You know, identify, well, is that is this actually my voice or is this something that I've internalized? Do we need an inner critic? Do we need a voice inside us to tell us, oh, hold on for a second now, you've been a bit of a gobshite. Rein it in. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. And that's, I mean, that's, that's normal. That's healthy. Mm. But it's when you can't do anything. You know, it's when it's like that when you make a mistake and you're going, oh, for fuck's sake, I'm such an idiot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. for how the fuck did I do that? Jesus Christ. And you're giving yourself all of that. It's like, Jesus, hang on, you. You put a typo in an email there, like, relax. Sometimes you'll have days like that where you just cannot do mm, anything mm. right. I mean, I went to the mm, I went to the mm. credit union the other day. Went out a fucking mm. credit union book and went, oh, for fuck's sake, like... You know, you I think, still I'm, get your sticker, man. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot. I forgot my book. <laughs> I've done it loads of times. My book's around the office. <laughs> mm. But you yeah. know, you do have days like that where you just you're mm. you're not on form, you know, and you do think to yourself, yeah, "Am yeah. I fucking stupid? Is there something wrong with my bloody brain?" Mm. Yeah, but where, what's so what I would say to that thing as well? Look at all the evidence that shows you're not stupid. Yeah, you know, but and it's again, it's that defining yourself by it. So you're there going like, "I can't get that and write." Uh, oh, I'm so stupid, oh, I can't do anything. When in reality, it's like, well, actually, I can do loads, right? Yeah. And and um, all evidence shows, actually, I'm not stupid. And, you know, this is this is what I would um, I, I would do with clients. So, you know, I'd be asking them, well, where's the evidence for that? Because all, all, everything you've said to me, like all evidence points to <laughs> points to the opposite, that in fact are not stupid at all. You've, you've become very successful and... Mm. You make mistakes. Congratulations on being human. A phrase I love is, um, you don't judge a fish on its ability to climb a tree. Mm. Yeah, I and I one. love that. Yeah. I love that phrase. It's yeah. so simple. You don't yeah. judge a fish on its ability to climb a tree. And mm. I often think that people are very quick to judge people who don't have a big job. People who mm. are out there, mm. you know, doing regular work, unskilled mm-hmm. work. Mm. And people mm. are quick to say, oh, stupid. They must be stupid. Yeah, they only yeah, work yeah. They only work here. They must be stupid. They must be thick. Mm. But then mm. again, you've got a lot of intelligent people who are very poor. And you've got a lot of stupid people mm. who are very rich. <laughs> you know, mm. So, mm-hmm. you know, you, you cannot judge people on their ability to do the, the X, Y, Z in society. I mean, one, that, yeah, one yeah, of the yeah. things about school is if you remember back in school, um, I'm sure you probably had it as well. There was like the stupid corner or the stupid desk where yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, if somebody wasn't able to learn, they were told, go out and sit down at mm-hmm. that desk there and uh, mm-hmm. I don't know, sleep or do whatever you want. I don't yeah, care. Yeah. Just oh, get yeah, out of yeah, me here. Yeah. You know, yeah. rather than looking at that person going, hold on for a second, maybe mm-hmm. you're more practical or you can learn by mm-hmm. viewing or whatever. Or, okay, you're not very strong at this, but you might be strong at that. Absolutely. And that's, you know, as much as we've had the... The negative, you know, the negative things that we've grown up with reinforced and then we've absorbed that you need to reinforce the positive. Mm, mm. You need to you need to remind yourself of what you're capable of. Well, actually, well, no, I'm not stupid. I just made a mistake. Yeah. And you know, I was only having the only having a conversation with a client today of sometimes I would get clients to do flashcards, you know, little mottos or something that they can remind themselves of. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I was talking about self-esteem with, with, with this particular um, client and and one that she had wrote out and you know I always say get your own one you know as much mm. as possible because something that's going to work for you um, and we were talking about you know the self esteem and stuff and it's like well you know we did the flashcards before did any of those work she goes oh actually yeah that one that one works for me sometimes and her one was um, uh, I've been through worse Very good. Know, around her anxiety I, I've survived worse mm. you know and just remind yourself I can get through this 
Yeah, you know, because it's it's having to reinforce the positive because the negative has been reinforced for for years. Like, so it's just repetition. It's like that. It's 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 use it or lose it. You know, so if I reinforce that positive piece, but first you need to you know undermine the negative. Yeah. Of of there's no so what one of the common things you know for in working with self esteem and again what what the, what the books would show is that you know you have you know you have someone write out okay give me a list of all your strengths and all your qualities and and I used to do that at the start until I found out that wasn't worth a piss because <laughs> Irish people aren't great at fucking complimenting themselves and you know again because you can't be getting notions yeah you can't be getting notions mm-hmm. and um, so. In in my office, there's um, there's my desk and and my my chair on one side of the room, and then there's the two we'll say counselling chairs on on the other side of the room. And I would say to clients, okay, write down there, you know, all your, you know, all your strengths, all your qualities, all things people would say to you. And just no sooner had my arse hit the chair at my desk, finished. Like, oh, for fuck's sake, like so. So what I and this this is one of my this is one of my golden my golden tips. People, people can rob this. So what I started to do then was I say, okay, and it was born out of a client said, oh, geez, well, if it was the negative ones, now we could write a book. I was like, well, that's what you're going to do now. You're going to write that book for me. Mm. And to be jizz, the fucking smoke coming off the paper. All the things that's wrong with them are all, all the faults. So what, what I started to do then was, well, I started to question that. Um, I would say, okay, well, let's, let's say one of them is... You, you know, I'm stupid. Okay, well, okay, well, where, 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 did, where does that stem from? You know, why, why would you say you're stupid? Because I failed maths in my leaving cert. Mm. Oh, so that that makes you stupid, does it? But yet you went on and you did this and you did that. I was like, hmm. yeah, right. And yet when you start to break it down, mm. you know, very often it's like, oh, well, I'm this or I'm that. Well, why? Well, because that's what my parents used to say to me. Yeah, so like that. I, I'm bold since I was born. When have you ever seen somebody homeless begging on the street because they failed maths? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? But actually, that that one came to mind because, and it's one that always comes comes straight to mind because I've I've never seen, I've never seen a client change so rapidly. Just had a complete epiphany uh, in in a session. So like that, so this particular client uh, grew up. Uh, the sort of stereotypical grew up on a farm sort of the perception being the thick farmer and stuff like this and mm. um, so like that failed failed maths in maths or English in the Leaving Cert one of the core subjects so therefore essentially failed as Leaving Cert so couldn't go to college over here had to go to had to go abroad to go to college and he obviously then he thought he was thick because he failed the Leaving Cert and stuff like that so we got we got talking anyway and we got talking about this this particular area that he worked in and what he studied. And I said, well, "What was your qualification for that?" And he said, "Well, I've got a I've got a BSc. At the time, I, I had my degree. I didn't hadn't done my masters." I said, "But that's what I have." I said, "Yeah, a, a bachelor of science honors degree." He says, "Yeah, that's what I have." I said, "Right." I said, "Would well, you say I'm stupid?" No. I said, "Well, why why do you think you might be stupid? Because just because you failed maths?" And he said, "Yes, you went off to another country." You know how difficult that is at mm. such a young age, and you're after coming out with the same, you know, not different area, different area of study, obviously, but same same qualification yeah. as I have. And there was just that bang, yeah. just that moment of the epiphany, you know, and yeah. that that yeah, absolutely, that light bulb moment. Mm. But he believed because he failed one subject that he failed the, the even cert. Yeah, and and this is this is the problem with 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 
the you know the academic side of school you know you mentioned earlier the dunces corner or something like that mm. like it, it's changed so much like it used to be a thing that you know after third year you went off you could do an apprenticeship like that's all gone now like you have to go to you have to get your leaving search you have to go to college you have to do this it's like but there's just some people that they're just not built for academia they're just not built for school like that mm, absolutely you know, like that you know the guy that just wants to and, and I'm, I'm not belittling when I say just wants to but you know just wants to go off and be a plumber just wants to go off and be an electrician well, just wants to work at the horses or work on the farm yeah. that's, that's all they want so what fucking harm like nothing wrong with that absolutely nothing wrong yeah. with that whatsoever but but they're the guy and again I had, I had just a young lad there uh, last year grand grand young lad I tell, just, I tell you this that was around before like um, and like that all he wanted to do all he ever wanted to do was to be a farmer mm. and he had this I think he had dyslexia and you know school was difficult for him but and like that I was sure he was the thick farmer he was this he was that and all he wanted in life and like this he's only, 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 only young lad like all he wanted was just a little bit of land and a family. He was fucking happy. Simple man, yeah. That's brilliant. Just that's answer. Yeah. What the fuck is wrong with that? Like, Absolutely not. But sometimes you'll have parents who will say, you're going to college and when you go to college, this, this, and that's that. But then mm-hmm. you'll have kids who go to college and they might fuck up. They mightn't be as good yeah. as a, an, an, an elder sibling. And mm. oh, yeah, what, yeah, what yeah. do they do? What do they, they become depressed? Uh, mm-hmm. And sometimes yeah. worse I've because a, I've they don't want to. have had a fair few of them. You know how common it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I had, I've had, I've had many a client like that. Young, uh, you know, a uh, couple of young people, particularly young lads. You know, went off to college, didn't like the course they were doing, dropped out, and then comparing themselves to their friends, they were thick, they were stupid. You know, and it's like, well, that course wasn't for you. Yeah, that's simple. Well, why would you? Why would you persist in something that you don't even like? You know, we spoke before about um, CBT and all this kind of stuff and mm-hmm. uh, meditation, mindfulness. Uh, we will go into them in more detail in, in other episodes, but are they mm. any use if you're trying to boost your self-esteem? Yeah, well, I mean, the, the CBT would certainly help Would certainly help with that because you're trying to correct your thoughts. Um, so like that, you know, thoughts don't equal facts. Just because you think you're stupid doesn't mean you are, or, you know, any of those kind of things. You know, it's, it's easy to logic your way through those ones. You can, well, better able to rather than, as we mentioned, with the anxiety and panic attacks, how... You know, it wouldn't be wouldn't be ideal because that part of your brain isn't functioning. But when you can when you can catch those and remind yourself, actually, I'm not I'm not stupid. I just made a mistake. Every and you know, whenever a client says that to me, I go, oh, congratulations on being human. You're like the other seven billion of us. <laughs> and and I'd say to them, so you made a mistake. And I said, and here's the kicker. I said, you're actually going to pay me to tell you this. I say, you're not perfect, and you're going to make more mistakes in the future. Mm. You know, it's that permission to everyone makes mistakes. Yeah, there's an art and doesn't 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 define you. You mm. know, it's like at, at at any given time, you know, at any given time, all we can ever do is our best. Mm. In retrospect, then we look back with judgment. So we look back at ourselves and go, oh, "What the fuck was I thinking? I made a right bollocks of that." Now I'm after, but you know, we don't make decisions with the intention of making a bollocks of everything. Yeah, true. At any given time, given the information that's presented to us, we do what we believe to be is the best choice at that time. After the fact, we look back and we judge ourselves for it. But all you can do is your best. And then when you know better, you can do better. It's uh, it's gas you say that actually. I've seen a picture of myself about 20 years ago at uh, my no. nephew's christening. And um, in it, 
I was wearing a pair of Fubu's. Okay. Ah, yes. <laughs> so you're looking at like a 15 year old scrawny white dude wearing a pair yeah. of Fubu's. And I thought these were fucking amazing because it cost like of course it is. 50, 60 quid. It took me ages to save Oh, yeah, yeah. Get the train yeah. up to Dublin. There was one shop in Georgia Street Arcade that was selling these fucking <laughs> American clothes. And I thought, Fubu's. Carol Kanai, Pele Pele. Yeah, fucking Sean yeah, John, man. all that kind of shit. Yeah. And yeah, I remember yeah. thinking to myself on the day, Jesus, I look brilliant. I looked at the picture and went, Yeah, yeah. What the fuck was I thinking? <laughs> you were happy <laughs> you at the time, though, weren't bastard. you? Yeah, you're right. I thought it was Yeah, great. well, then. You yeah. see, but that's it. We look back, we, we <laughs> retrospectively look back and we apply judgment. Yeah. But at the time, you were fucking happy out. You yeah. were rocking your fubu. You were looking to shit. And now you're thinking, oh my God, to stay here. Cut me. <laughs> we yeah. all have those photographs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The hair, you know, the dress, mm-hmm. you know, the, the dress sense. And, you know, it's funny when mm-hmm. you, you see old um, late, late shows and you go, everybody's wearing like a jumper with a shirt underneath. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> they're all like 90, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're probably around 25, you know? Okay, look, let's leave it there, my man. We hope you like what you heard. If so, give us a rating, subscribe, leave a comment, or if you think someone you know would benefit from this podcast, and by all means, share it with them. Tell them about it. Stick it on your social media pages because it could mm. make a big, big difference in their lives. You'd never know. But we'd love to hear from you as well. If there's anything you want us to yeah. cover or discuss, if you got a story, to tell we would love to hear from you get in touch by mm. email straight talking podcast at gmail.com get us on twitter at str8 talking pod we're on facebook and we're on instagram as well you can follow the hashtag stmh want to give a big shout out to fiona brian as well for the podcast music this dude is incredible he can play keys he can play guitar he can make beats he can make a decent cup of tea as well but uh, you can catch him on Facebook <laughs> at FOB Beats if you're a singer rapper or whatever get in touch with that dude he's absolutely incredible Holla. so Alan Clark psychotherapist master of science mm. last word with you dude give us your message of inspiration from your unique outlook on life okay if you can't be kind to yourself at least try to tolerate yourself Sometimes kindness can be a bit too far for people that have been kicking the shit out of themselves their whole life. So, if you can't be kind, then just start to tolerate yourself. Mental health. Mental health. Mental health.